fait, j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander allô quelque chose quoi Okay, well, thank you to Zap Mama for Allo Allo and Allo to all of you listening out there, whether on the radio or streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. This is Arts Week, and I'm Jeanette de Beauvoir. The Provincetown Theatre opens its 60th anniversary season with the Cape Cod premiere of Harvey Firestein's Casa Valentina. The latest Broadway play written by the Tony Award-winning icon of Kinky Boots, La Cage aux Folles, and Torch Song Trilogy. Inspired by the true story of a mid-century sanctuary in the Catskills where heterosexual men dressed as women, Casa Valentina reveals the crossroads of gender presentation, sexual identity, and the significance of community via a disparate group of people whose lives are forever changed upon a visit to the Secret Lodge in the summer of 1962. Casa Valentina will perform May 11th through 28th, and you can find out more, get times and tickets at provincetowntheater.org. That's theater with an E-R dot org. The Pilgrim Monument in Provincetown Museum is open for the season, and you can take a dive into the recent past with its newest exhibit, An Anecdotal LGBTQ Plus History of the Last Century of Provincetown, curated by the Generations Project. Visitors can, of course, continue to explore the true narrative surrounding the complex relationship between the Mayflower Pilgrims and the region's original inhabitants, the Wampanoag tribe, with the Our Story exhibit. Find out more about all of this at pilgrim-monument.org. And at the Cape Rep, you can see Archibald Avery. That's through May the 7th, and I strongly suggest that you do so. It's a brand new world premiere with book, lyrics, and music by Macklin, Pato, and Seamus Devine. And it is a truly amazing experience. I don't think I say that very often here. It's dark and funny and filled with music and ideas that will keep you remembering it long after you leave the theater. You can also check out my review at ptowney.com and you can get tickets at caperep.org. At the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater, the 2023 season kicks off this May with Jesus Hopped the A-Train by Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Stephen Adley Gerges. In this darkly comedic meditation on redemption and faith, a terrified young prisoner is befriended by a charismatic serial killer who challenges his beliefs and reshapes his life forever. Performances run May 24th to June 17th and you can get more information, times, and tickets at what.org. And inspired by the colorful symphonic masterpiece Scheherazade by Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov, the Cape Symphony Orchestra will reimagine the empowering art of storytelling through the lens of female voices. The Cape Symphony has commissioned Iranian composer Niola Farashiri to create a new and updated Scheherazade story told from a woman's point of view. She's composed a piece entitled Within My Soul, Scheherazade Reimagined that connects Scheherazade with the stories of contemporary women. Shiri will perform on the Kamalach a traditional Iranian string instrument, which I hope I pronounced correctly, but probably didn't. 
And for the first time, the Cape Symphony collaborates with the renowned public radio program, The Moth. Since its launch in 1997, The Moth, produced in Woods Hole in New York City, has presented thousands of stories told in front of live audiences around the country, so you know this will not disappoint. You can find out more about it, get times and tickets at capesymphony.org. And finally, the Payomet Performing Arts Center will present Rufus Wainwright on May 6th at 7 p.m. at the Provincetown Town Hall. A New York-born, Montreal-raised singer-songwriter, Wainwright has released 10 studio albums, 3 DVDs, and 3 live albums, including the Grammy-nominated Rufus Does Judy at Carnegie Hall. And you can get times and tickets for that at payomet.org. All right, well, the Center for Coastal Studies has named Mark Adams as its first scientist slash artist in residence. He was employed by the Cape Cod National Seashore as a cartographer for 30 years. He's collaborated frequently on Center for Coastal Studies projects as a scientist, and now the center is thrilled to establish a new chapter in the partnership and Mark Adams will be creating public programs that merge the center's scientific work with the creative arts. So welcome to Arts Week, Mark Adams. That sounds fabulous. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really pleased. It's su such a good place to be, to kind of combine the institutions that I love here in Provincetown that are like deeply rooted in the env environment. So for, for people who don't know about you, I, I, I find this really interesting because um, I think that most of, well, many, if not most people think of science on one hand and art on the other hand, and never the twain shall meet. They're different parts of the brain. They're different skill sets. And yet you are the epitome of a merger of the two. So let's talk a little bit about that first and how that works for you. Well, um. You know, I've actually I I did a, a coastal studies talk at Nappies recently um, about that about what is the scientific method and what is the artistic method, mm -hmm. and um, both there's things they have in common. One of the things that they have in common is that um, in both you're speaking to a community. Um, you know, scientists. Well, in both they start with observation. They start with. Uh, really looking and being and opening up your awareness to the world. Uh, scientists do that with forms of measurement, uh, but artists do the same thing. You know, they document the world, they experience it and document it through observation. And then in both cases, you form a question and then you test that question with your work. So uh, an artist might say, here's my question, here's my theme, you know, here's my mode of observation and my tools are you know, either oil paint or uh, a sculpture or whatever. And then, you know, really you need a community to uh, respond to that. And in science, the community are your are critics and they test your, your results and see if they're repeatable, see if they can experience the same thing. Right. And in art, that's, I think the conversation artists have with the audience through a gallery show or a salon, um, there's so much going on in Provincetown right now with people having that conversation around art. And so mm -hmm. it's really cool. I really think the community aspect of the conversation is um, uh, kind of exciting. Yeah, and I can see where that would apply to both sides, even though it's a slightly different community that you're 
um, quote unquote, being reviewed by in a sense that that um, in science, it, it really definitely is your peers, but um, but it's still a conversation. I like that because I, I will be honest with you. I don't think much of science as being a, a conversant kind of thing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yet it is. I, I, I get that. That's fascinating. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you come to be here, um, here being Provincetown, but also here being this intersection of, of science and art? Um, you know, I've kind of like a, um, a, been on the tightrope between these two points for a long time. Um, I, you know, I studied ecology, landscape architecture, planning, and um, and I had a computer background and. You know, I was always frustrated because I, I was born into the arts, really, in my family, um, my brothers, my father, my parents. But um, I was good at science. So in school, they push you to do that because it's mm-hmm. somehow more valued. Yeah. Uh, so I never it's a, got to it's take a, it's an art a real class. profession <laughs> as opposed yeah, to artists, right? It's, it's called a solid subject. Right, you know? right. The solids. But um so I always had to do art on the side, but at one point I got a job doing uh, scientific illustration uh, for a study of fish eggs of, of uh, the early life stages of fishes. So I spent four years at a microscope drawing fish eggs and all the little hatchlings, all the stages of development, including all of the estuarine fish like striped bass and salmon and, and it was thrilling t- to actually tell a story about these animals that had never been told before. Um, but it kind of drove me nuts because there, it's very strict uh, uh, discipline. And what I wanted to do after that was just draw as big as I could and with as much of my body as I could instead of these little tiny things. Um, you know, in landscape architecture, I also thought that uh, that would be a way to combine art and science. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of led me to mapping. And you know, mapping is is kind of a great platform because um, you, it puts you in a journey in the world. You know, so many people. As soon as you mention mapping, people go, "I love maps," and I wonder if they know why they love maps. You know, but it's a it's a way to enact the natural world. Mm-hmm. You know, a map is an approximation of a journey, and uh, and so I'm looking for all the ways I can use art to step through that journey of the natural world. I'm also a big believer in how we're animals. You know, we have evolved as a certain kind of animal in the world and we're tied to nature. Uh, but um, how do we be good animals? And we are good animals by um, by being open, by looking, uh, by adapting to the natural world. That's a really interesting expression, being a good animal. Wouldn't that be lovely if we all took that to heart? <laughs> this conversation, all right. So what you just said, I could go off in 18 different directions because it's all fascinating. <laughs> but I do want to I, I do want to speak for a moment to the the maps and the cartography, um, which you do so beautifully. And I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I remember growing up having a globe in my family home and there's something about being able to say, you know, this is where I am. This is who I am almost that there's a place for me there. 
Um, but I recently was looking at Jane Paradise's new book, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I see that you did the work at the uh, in, in the in the front of that um, mapping again. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, that was really fun. I have always admired Jane Paradise's, you know, and she her pictures of the dune shacks are about a life in the dunes. You know, they convey and it, just a domestic this. The dream, I think, that we have, that Cape Codders have, is is to to live in a domestic environment that is inhabited by nature, and that's what the dune checks are. That all of the barriers between you and nature are are kind of stripped away, and you're in it. And um, so I loved her work, and uh, and and I wanted to draw so the map that I drew for her is hand-drawn it's a pencil map and it's um meant to be that to, for me that's a language uh that makes the map accessible because you make a perfect map you, you know there's all kinds of ways to distance yourself from the information so i think this hand drawing it hand lettering it um makes me feel like i'm taking a walk in the dunes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that i think that's interesting that that there are ways to distance yourself from it when it's when it's perfectly printed or or mass produced. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, um, let's see. I mean, you know, well, one of my um, artistic practices is to keep sketchbooks. Okay. And to um, uh, my sketchbook practice, which I started in my travels. I've been I'm a big traveler, and I've used it to document trips. And you know, a lot of times when you're um, when you're traveling, you're like, oh, this is too hard. I can't draw this. Or, you know, the it's the wind's blowing, the the train's leaving, everything's mm -hmm. stopping you from doing that. And I don't know. I want I'm I, I bet you have a practice of keeping your notes and stories on the fly while because you have a vivid sense of that. Everything's that you do that you record in the moment is much more valuable. You can try to be perfect. Usually that means going home to a perfect little uh, drawing table with a um, straight edge and a pen. But to draw in the moment, even if it's imperfect, it's going to capture something real about how you uh, experienced, you know, what your body felt like in that moment. Um, and also, I think this is one of the faults sometimes in science and also in these like, you know, perfect maps is um the perf the perfection and the kind of like um what do we call it kind of like the the expert the expert symbolism the uh the the secret language that scientists sometimes use the jargon or the 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 technical technical stuff is fascinating but it also puts you off you know yeah uh, yeah we want stuff that um is in our everyday language and in our everyday experience um that's one of the things that I go for. There's these well, fantastic. Doing, isn't, isn't it? That's exactly what you're doing with both, you know, the work you do in science and in art and, and their intersections, making things more accessible to people and more welcoming to people. At least that's my experience of what you do. I Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, one of the things I've done a few times is make these giant maps on the floor. Did that at the PAM Museum. Mm -hmm. And I did that at the Cape Cod Museum of Art. And so I have these 
30 foot maps of the Gulf of Maine. And I keep, I roll them out in the parking lot of a school or a ferry terminal or whatever. And people walk around on them and it's like entering the world. You know, it's scaled somewhere between reality and that um, distilled map of that's more removed. So when you walk around in it, I, you know, it was really f- so fun to see a, have a, uh, a fishing boat captain walk around on my uh, seafloor map and say, oh, yeah, this is the basin where my boat got in trouble. And oh, uh, wow. so you kind of it's I don't know. Uh, it's a uh, um, it pulls you. In. It's a it's a, it's immersion is the yeah. one of that's one of my favorite um, themes in art is immersion. How do you get immersed in um, in an image? Uh, I think that one looks at Mark Adams's images. <laughs> that's, that's my answer. Well, that's one way. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the science side of things then. What have you been doing at the Center for Coastal Studies? And what does this new position, you know, what are your kind of visions and ideas for it? Well, what's one thing that's thrilling about it is I get to make it up myself. Yeah. And I have been working alongside Graham Geis, uh, the senior scientist in the um, the coastal geology program, has been my mentor for many years. He's he's into his nineties now, and he's so vital and always thinking. And we'd go on these walks, and he would explain the world to me <laughs> in so many ways. Um, and um, so I have that experience with the center, uh, but you know. One of the things I love about uh, field work in science is you get to see things that uh, that are right next, right outside your door, but you don't. Most normal people don't get introduced to them. Uh, you know what Can is you it give like? Me an example of that. Well, I just went out with the um, right whale crew, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know your audience. Uh, uh, let's say this. What this. This conversation is happening in the spring when the right whales return to Cape Cod Bay and they're in the process of, you know, establishing their summer. And so I went out and we had a pristine glass like day on the water with these scientists and they we saw a dozen right whales and there was nothing disturbing them or us. And we were able to drift in close to them and see them feeding and follow them feeding. And then, you know, you know what they do is they throw in a net and they see what the whale is eating oh. and they collect the plankton that the whale is eating. And, uh, and, and so I was there on the boat sketching in real time. Every time a whale would come up, they'd be one, there's one on the, on the starboard and one in the port and, you know, and, um, and you're there working and, feverishly. <laughs> they are working feverishly. And so am I, you know, to get, um, all of that action down in a, right. on a sketchbook page. Um, another thing that we did recently, so you know, it's me shadowing the scientists at the center. Uh, we just we had a trip to Cuddyhunk, an island in Buzzards Bay, mm-hmm. that has you know almost no cars. A couple dozen people live there, but uh, the marine debris program that Laura Ludwig runs mm-hmm. um, uh, are trying to remove ghost gear and and lobster traps from the beaches. Right. And that's great material for artists to make sculptures from, but it's, and it's also this incredible hazard for marine mammals entangling and, and it's a, it's pollution, you know? 
So there are thousands of traps on this little island. And we spent a week out there uh, digging those traps out of the rocks and sand of the beach, crushing them and having them removed. But alongside with me sketching and doing the work and getting my hands dirty were um, 15 uh, sound artists from Cornell who are mm -hmm. also doing a collaborative project. Uh, there's a, a, a professor there, Annie Lewandowski, who made a mass mocha uh, project out of whale song and nets. Oh, wow. That was really moving. It's called Sirens. You can look that up. It's online. Um, but hopefully we'll all be able to collaborate. This is another thrilling thing is like, so we have science and measurement. We have um, painting and drawing. We have sound. We have sculpture. And whenever you can bring together all the, the capacity of, of artists from all these different mediums to create an immersive environment, you know, something magic happens. Yeah, I can imagine because a lot of us, I think, tend to kind of hang out with people who do the same things we do. You know, I find I have a lot in common with other writers and we have some of the same things that we talk about. But to be able to step outside that and say, you know, this is this is still this important domain, but it intersects with all these other parts of life. Um, I think you're really? honoring that in, in a really visible and major way. Well, thank you. You know, I teach... Uh, summer workshops, usually they're a five-day workshop, uh, some at the Fine Arts Work Center and mm -hmm. at the, and I have done it at the PAM and, and at Castle Hill, but um, my Fine Arts Work Center class is focused on kind of retracing Thoreau's steps on Cape Cod. And mm -hmm. so it's a sketchbook class in the field on a walk, and it's usually, it's usually mostly writers that sign up for it. Interesting. <laughs> And they all sit there. And they and learn the to sketch. <laughs> they say, I can't draw. I can't draw. Right. But, you know, what they have already, they come with this ability to observe mm -hmm. and this um, kind of um, impulse to um, be articulate about what they observe. And that's super helpful. Uh, in And what, the, the way I feel about drawing is it's sure it's a tool for artists, but it's a tool for uh, awareness for openness mm -hmm. to the world and we have drawing techniques that um you, you, any beginner can use observation to create a drawing that will get, contain tons of information and it just teaches you to look closely and really see things and that shows up on the page even if you don't know about proportion mm -hmm. or you know um, all the aspects of line and stuff it's kind of about paying attention, isn't it? Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I would think. Well, I should tell listeners that we are actually pre-recording this conversation. And I know that on the 26th, I think, you're having a painting unveiled. And you don't know yet which one it's going to be. But can we talk a little <laughs> bit about that anyway? And we have big speculation. And then when listeners hear this show, they'll say, oh, I know which one it is. Well, so I'm following in the very um, prestigious footsteps of Joe Hay, the artist Joe Hay, who was mm -hmm. Artist of the Year for the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod last year. And so I'm filling that role this year. And they commissioned a painting um, for their, they're actually, their their gala is June 1st in the, in, at the Hyannis Country Club. Um, uh, but um, we're unveiling that painting uh, 
yesterday, the 26th of <laughs> <Yeah>. April. <laughs> we are um, yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what they've told me, this is an opportunity for me to um, to make a statement, really, in a in a form of a painting. And uh, one of the the my themes, I'm really trying to use art to say something both about this observation, but also about how we live in the world, how we are good animals. And one of the themes that's just really dear to me is uh, migration, immigration, refugees, asylum. And I'll just say this very briefly, but you know, in ecology, in the animal world, more, so many animals, if, you walk, if you're a bird watcher, you know this, um, they require these migration pathways to, to live their life is centered on that so they need uh, a corridor to migrate and they need a refuge at the end of that corridor and if you apply that to people to humans to the populations on that are now uh, either stressed by environmental change drought but also by war and oppression we have right now there are something like 30 million people who are displaced people in the world uh much of that is seems to be due to politics and ethnic issues, but underlying all that is ecological migration, yeah. you know, climate yeah. change migration, which there's some people who say that 30 million people could rise to something like 800 million people within this century due to climate change, due to, um, you know, our environmental niche, the human niche in the world is shrinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, I'm trying to find ways to convey that and um, not to, well, I love the way painting can create a narrative. And also in the history of painting, you know, I, I, I love the, uh, the Renaissance painters and through painting, they create, uh, they elevate topics mm -hmm. to make them sacred and a narrative painting like a Caravaggio, there's a Caravaggio that's inspiring to me called Seven Acts of Mercy. And he did that as a plea for forgiveness um, in his life. You know, th those things don't matter to us now, but what does matter is how can you use painting to, to make a plea for mercy, for um, um, uh, uh, to elevate yeah. the stories of people. And so I'm doing that. Uh, I'm trying to combine that, this idea of animals have migration patterns, humans do too. Also, one last thing is migration for humans is uh, as is is a hundred thousand years old. It's part of our nature. Right. I mean, everybody. If you go back less than two generations, there's a migration story in your family. And so, if we see ourselves that way, as it's part our, of that continuum, yeah, it's a human right, and it's also just baked into our species story. You know, um, I. Uh, so people who want to close borders are, um, I think, need to be enlightened about human nature. <laughs> but I'll just say that. Uh, not to, to be learn too, how to be better animals, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, I love that you're getting accolades on, on both of these sides and on the intersection of them. And um, I wish we had three more hours to talk because I... <laughs> I so enjoy this, but um, I just, I, I guess my, my last question to you and, 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 and we'll leave it at that is where do you see all of, 
once we've talked about sort of where the human condition is going, which we all know is, is, is not necessarily a happy ending. Um, but as you're here on the Cape, which is one of the places that's going to definitely be an endangered spot from, from climate change and sea, seas rising, um, how do you think about that? How do you think about the, the future of this area that you love so much? Well, it uh, requires us to adapt. We, there's, there's a constant process of adaptation going on. And, um, you, know, you know, when it comes to climate change, we have to change our lifestyles um, to turn this thing around, but that's gonna take a couple generations. Meanwhile, how do we adapt? And I actually think that Cape Cod is in some ways in a sweet spot because we're already connected to nature here. And we have abundant groundwater. We are, we actually are not very densely populated compared to other parts of the world. Um, and we live with storms, you know, we, um, it's, it's a part of life here. Uh, you know, I, I know it's, it's stress and for, uh, to have a power outage and stuff, but it's not very far in the past when people didn't have power at all. So right, right. Um, we're connected right. to our resources here. So I think that's good for Cape Cod. Now, as far as the promised town waterfront, the Harbor, the center of town, if you look at that 150 years ago, it was, everything was on pilings because every, every structure had a wharf mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. connected to the water that way. And I think that's kind of what it might look like in another generation as people elevate those structures Interesting. We we have an, we have another generation or two when we can adapt by raising structures, by building sand dunes, um, before we have to retreat from the shoreline, mm -hmm. and that shoreline will change. But um, but there it's not going to be. If you look at history, it's not such a new thing. The it Crowson will look like it has. Um, we're, so we're lucky in that way. Which it is doesn't really mean reassuring. Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's still the other issue that's be, that's underneath this is the economy and and class and and money. Um, so we need to you know keep working to keep right. this place open for artists, open for uh, people who are not just wealthy tourists. <laughs> I don't need well, to Mark say Adams, thank you so much for this conversation, <laughs> for being my guest. I so appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. And Love thanks it. to everyone for listening. And I'll see you here next time. Thanks very much. Bye. Au fait, j'ai voulu te téléphoner pour te te demander allô quelque chose quoi. Quelque chose quoi.